0: Welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast. I'm your coffee-infused host, Ashley Verma, and I'm here to share all my ups, downs, and all arounds of being a mom to my gorgeous Adia, owning a fitness business called Define London, and truly managing being a unsingle, single mom as we cheer on my husband and his amazing business in Uganda. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, is this a mic check? You heard that right uganda and he is not doing the daily commute so each week i will be joined by a fellow inspiring thriving and surviving busy mumsy we all need to take a deep breath together we try we navigate and not be too hard on ourselves i get it i am human and failures simply happen i am not shiny and i am never filtered unapologetically i am at its best and worst busy mumsy Before we get started with this week's show, I need to give a huge shout-out to my much-loved sponsor, the one and only Fabletics. I adore the brand and everything that they do and have been a fangirl for some time. I had my first subscription of their leggings arrive to my New York City apartment back in 2014, and it's been fab for me ever since. Not only are they supporting the podcast, but to support you, my other busy mumsies, They've also created a special listener-only deal, which is two pairs of beautiful leggings for just 24 pounds. I mean, come on, guys. That's just 12 pounds per pair or just six pounds per leg. Trust me, your legs will thank you for this one, my busy mumsies. For more info and to grab this exclusive offer from my friends at Fabletics, click the link in the show notes right now. Now let's get into the conversation. My glorious busy mumsies, I hope you are all doing fabulous. It's another week, another episode, and I truly am coffee infused and ready for it. On today's show, it is with someone that I have known since I moved over here to London, since I've jumped the pond, if you will. I can hand on heart say that my guests don't have a Scooby as to what I'm going to ask them. They have no clue what this busy mumsy chat is going to be, even if the assistant or the manager is begging for copy. Nope not having it. I want real bands. I want that unapologetic truth. Well, today I have a very uber talented and wise beyond her years, Rihanna Lambert on the show. She's a registered nutritionist, a founder of the leading nutrition clinic, Renutrition. She's recently published her book, Science of Nutrition, and has a chart topping podcast herself called Food for Thought. And if I haven't like already said enough things that would like overwhelm anyone. She is now expecting baby number two. Like my, my, my brain is already at like percolating with a lot of like foam on the coffee. Dear heavens, it's exciting. It's wonderful. And she made time for me. So please welcome to the Busy Mumsy podcast, Rihanna Lambert. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Busy Mumsy podcast, Rihanna Lambert.
1: Hello, thank you for having me. <laughs>
0: no, thank you. I'm glad that I tracked you down and um, you've got a million and 1,000 bazillion, if that's even a number of things going on in your life. And we're, we're just going to talk about all of it. I can't a- wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, we actually, I, I, I have to ask this question. I think I know the answer, but it's never right to assume, right? You should just ask. Are you a very planned, scheduled person?
1: Yes. I don't even have to hesitate to answer it. <laughs> no,
0: there, there's nothing wrong with it because the reason why I'm asking is because I, I, with you and I, I think that I'm less planned and scheduled than you. Yeah. But the reason why I'm asking you is because I want to rewind back because you have a Beautiful little boy named Zachary. And he's just absolutely his smile. Honestly, I can't, I just can't. Um, I want to rewind back to, um, your birth plan and the schedule and everything, because I know, I know the story. So I want you to share with everyone, because for someone who is scheduled and so successful and driven and planned, I would love for you to share with the busy mumsy listeners your, your birth story.
1: Yeah. Um, gosh, what a start, Ashley! And you do
0: right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, You know what? I, I, I'm going to say this again. None of the guests on the Busy Momsy pl- platform haven't. They have no idea what I'm asking. So I do appreciate your trust in me. Um, and but I, I, I but this story—it's so—it's—it's it's magical.
1: I mean. It was, so yeah, for someone that has to be so planned, there's no way I think that I would be able to run my business, um, live a happy life, or before I had my son anyway, have an ounce of a social life, which I feel like I definitely don't have a good balance right now. But yeah, without structure and routine, there is no way I would be able to complete, I think, the responsibilities that I have in life. It's just one of those things. And the birth, um, because I was due, I think my due date was like Gosh, it really brings you back, doesn't it? I think my due date was like April the 7th or something. And it kept, you know, it keeps changing. Take the due dates of a pinch of salt. And it got to like the 16th, 17th. And I'm like, I'm well over now. I'm nearly 42 weeks. It was just getting to that point. But the world at that time had changed because we were in a lockdown. And it was obviously the the COVID pandemic was in full swing. And people were scared to even go to the supermarkets. There was no food on the shop shelves. It was a really... I think not oxytocin producing environment, to be honest. Um, so I, I had it in my head, the plan that I had, because, you know, I, I always aspire to do something wonderful. And in hindsight, what an idiot I was. But... Um, I thought, I want a home birth. I'm scared. I don't want to go in the hospital. The hospital was just out of the question for me at that time, just because of the pure fear. No one really knew what COVID was, and everyone seemed very scared by it. The Nightingale hospitals were up, and my my clinicians in my clinic had been taken to the front line. So we, we had this kind of strange business vibe going on at the time. And I thought, I'm going to have a birthing pool. I had the home midwives, the community midwife team. I get my candles, everything lined up. And my waters only half broke. And I I remember just everything just kind of started but went on for forever because I had two sweeps that week because I was overdue. By the way, a sweep is a really painful thing. You didn't have to have any of that, did you? That was, oh.
0: This is why I, I want you to share this story. Honestly, we, we walked to the Great Portland Hospital. <laughs> we had Adia. We yeah. left. Like I honestly like I I it it I just revel in these stories of like I, I think it's so triumphant what you went through and it is something that you know everyone's story is different and please continue on, sorry.
1: No, it's you know what's so nice is to have you say a positive thing about it because I think a lot of mums and myself included, a lot of the thing I had to get over was about it felt like a failure because straight away the plan that you put in place isn't possible. It's not physically going to happen. And you can really put a lot of pressure on yourself. And the fear I had as well at the time was that my husband couldn't come with me to the hospital because of COVID. So if I was going in, I was going in alone. And that was something that I had to kind of gear up for in my head. So I'd had these sweeps, which are not, but it's like they put your finger up and then they Give it a little whoosh, whoosh around, try and loosen bits on the cervix, try and stimulate um, movement from the baby. Because he you're was already
0: hugging. uncomfortable, right? Like you're already uncomfortable. You already want Little Nugget out into the world. And now that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was really, that wasn't great. And I think that's what caused my waters. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a a, a midwifery expert, but I think my waters only half broke. Therefore, the risk of infection goes through the roof. Um, And if the labor doesn't happen very quickly, straight after the water's breaking, you have to go into hospital basically. So we we went in like we were told by the midwives because nothing had progressed. I've been getting contractions for a whole day. Um, By this point, you're already knackered because you've been having contractions for a whole day. But the, w- it, the whole environment was wrong. Actually, like my husband was on the phone sorting out work things. I was worried about. I didn't. I wasn't in a birth headspace. Mindset. Wow. No, and that that was a mistake. You know, we weren't watching lovey-dovey films or thinking this is so exciting. We were like freaking out about the pandemic and the bus biz- losing it, all of our income overnight with the business. So we weren't in a birthing. Just to be very honest, mindset, which was a mistake. And we went into the hospital to be sent back home uh, because they didn't have any room on the labor ward. And they said, just try, you know, try and get a bit more sleep, try and get some oxytocin going. You know, this might improve your chances. And I was really grateful to be sent home because I'd been hanging around that hospital by myself for a long time, getting contractions in a corridor, just sat there alone, basically, while my husband had to wait in the car park. It was a pretty miserable experience. Then... I went back in the next day. So by this point, I'm nearly two days in full swing and went straight up to what I thought I was going to go and naively get into the pool in the hospital because, you know, I had this kind of thing in my head like, yes, I want to go in. I want to get in the pool and go to the birthing suite or the, um, the uh, not the labor ward, the, um, yeah, I think it's the birthing area. There's this other kind of more holistic area of the hospital. But that was just written off from the minute I walked in because of this infection risk, and they had to get Zachary out basically. So I was induced straight away after several failed attempts to even get the um, cannula into my arm. The bruising is unreal. If anyone's ever had, you know, a cannula, you, you can really you feel the bruising all down your arm. Um, and then I was told no to the pool, and I remember WhatsApping a friend at the time, being like, "I'm being induced." I know this happened to you. What do I do? She's like, get an epidural now. (laughs) I was like, and it was, do you know what? In hindsight, it was the best decision because I was like, yeah, I'd like the epidural now just before things progress even worse. And they were very good and they got the epidural in very quickly. But what I didn't know is that that then slows down the labor even more. So by this point, I've been awake for like two days already. Um, My husband was allowed to come in the room at this point for, I say, for a bit and yeah things just never,
0: never long enough right it was never no, long enough. it was allowed to come in no,
1: no it wasn't long enough and by this point you know you're throwing up because of the epidural you can't keep food down you're physically shaking reacting to it obviously I don't feel the contractions as much which was great but I was there and then another whole day and it, i a funny thing—it's another, another whole day. So is three days now. So by eight o'clock that night, my midwife's like, "Right, my shift's changing." I was like, "Oh no!" So you're leaving. This was a Bethany, and she handed me over to a Beth. So I had a Bethany, I had a Beth, and then I had another Bethany after. I had all the all the bees basically helping me give birth. But
0: mommy brain—that's yeah, Yep. For
1: mom. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and there were lots of other things I won't go into too much depth on here that were quite unusual and traumatic at the time and things we were told we shouldn't have been it was we've had to investigate since post birth but all in all to cut a long story short they said right we need to get you a c-section now emergency c-section baby needs to come out and I was like look I've gone all this way and my, my husband actually this before he had to leave he's like she's done all of this can you not just give her just you know one chance so you have to sign this form that says you'll try forceps first and then you'll get the chance to have a c-section. And then you get wheeled off into the operating theatre. So Billy came to that bit and they said, you have four pushes. Otherwise, we're cutting you open and we're just doing this right now. They shoved a mask on me. And I remember just thinking, I I can't breathe. And I remember telling Billy, I was like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And he was like pulling it down. And the woman was like yanking it back up over my face. And I got him out in two pushes and then he didn't breathe. And it was just this, oh, it was one thing after another. It was like, he didn't breathe. They put, they said, oh, he needs to go to the NICU. They were putting tubes down his throat, and they're like, right, Billy, you have to go. So <laughs> Billy's like been sent out the room. The baby's here. Then I get the all clear that he's magically okay, and then I'm in my on my own in the hospital for five days after having this this cut, the episiotomy, because they cut you with the forceps, Um and. I developed mild psychosis because I hadn't slept in like, of course, forever. I don't think that, and I didn't have anyone helping me with the baby. So
0: even though, even though you're not sleeping, your your eyes might be shut, but you're not switching off. No, no,
1: No. and I was scared. You know, I, I I think because I was so delusional, and I was really my mental health I was just traumatized to be honest I didn't know I was Zachary was all I cared about thankfully it didn't affect my bond with him I was if anything hyper vigilant and overprotective of Zachary I had to make all these difficult decisions in the hospital by myself like him getting his lumbar puncture to check because his his infection rating was really high we were in for eight days in total and they only let my husband back in on day five because somebody needed to help me do a night feed so I could mentally recover and get sleep but the worst bit was it was this secret because of COVID, no one was allowed their partners on the ward. So to let Billy in, they said, "You can come in. We're going to move Rhiannon into a side room, but you're not allowed to leave this room if you come in." So he had to stay in that little box room. I was allowed to walk down the corridor, just you know, when you've got your cafeteria and you're off. And we didn't see we didn't see the sky for eight days, and it really makes you feel quite crazy. But we somehow, actually, you know, wind onto positive. Outlets. After a lot of therapy, I'm here, and I don't think I will ever have. I don't think that situation will ever happen for women again. Hopefully, there won't be another global pandemic, and I don't think you know. We were even told not to put the fan on in the room, even though it was a heat wave when he was born, because they were scared about the spread of COVID nineteen. So we were just there, like sweating with and worried about our baby. But they're like, don't put the fan on. You know, one one midwife even said, if you want to leave you know, don't don't rub anyone up the wrong way. Don't put that on. And it was just, um, yeah, it was a really surreal time. And I've actually done a lot of work to be able to even talk about it now. So
0: that was my next question was, yeah. have you been able, I mean, you know, firstly, uh, and, and even back to Zachary's smile, that, you know, yeah. the, the, the story of how he was born has no reflection on him. That boy is ear to ear. The, the the sides of his mouth are always up, and yes. the the giggle and the laughter and so playful. So you you can hand on heart say that did not reflect onto him. But you know a, a lot of moms struggle. A lot yes. of moms struggle, and they don't know. It. They don't have a voice about it, and they don't. And they they, they perhaps. Their partner is supportive but the partner doesn't quite know still what to do. And and that's okay. Like there's there's no shaming here on that. How did you for yourself over the past 2 years navigate your mental health through your pregnancy and and then now being a new mom?
1: Yeah, I mean you know how hard it is being a new mom. For every mom, it it brings you to really dark places and really amazing places. It's like this ultimate gift of high versus, whoa, I'm tired and whoa, these challenges that you've never experienced before. And I don't, I didn't actually know I had a problem. I know this sounds crazy because we were in lockdown for so long and it was about 10 months before I think we even went to a baby group or something. So, you know, we've been solo parenting for such a long time working from home that I hadn't, I didn't know that I had PTSD. I only got the diagnosis for that at 14, when Zaki was 14 months old. And that's because I went to seek help with a private therapist and no one had actually, I didn't know the signs had picked up on it. I just thought my hypervigilance was a normal part of motherhood and the anxiety that I got. And, Sometimes mums can feel very angry when things don't go to plan. You know, my husband forgot the milk i Express one day, and I was furious, and I was like, I wouldn't normally be this angry. But all the signs were there, but no one, my husband didn't know what to look for. I was completely not aware of what was happening to me, and I think postnatal depression is very common, and PTSD affects 30,000 women a year post-birth with trauma. So it, it's quite it's, it's a hell of a lot of people, and I'm so privileged yeah, I can I can afford to go and, you know, book a therapy session. Women can't. And then if they're not having health visitors visiting their homes and checking in on them or anybody looking after them, which we didn't have, obviously, in the pandemic, I reckon so many women have gone undiagnosed or have not received the help for what they have been through. And like I said, it took me 14 months. And I, I couldn't, I think in the initial first six to eight weeks when I recorded my podcast about my story... I was still on that birthing kind of high, but then I just couldn't talk about it without crying for months and months and months. And, and the therapy, every therapy session, I just cry. And eventually I've got to a point where I can have a conversation with you now and share it, which I hope will help other mums because it take, it does take work. It, it takes a he- I didn't understand the impact COVID had had because I kept thinking, I'm so lucky, I'm so grateful, I'm so lucky. You know, you have your healthy baby, you're here, you're grateful for the NHS, you're grateful for everybody. But actually, I had to acknowledge the fact I'm traumatized to even get past it because I didn't know.
0: And what, and, and from the therapy, if you could share to the listeners that perhaps don't have the luxury of going to see a therapist, like, what, is there any tools that you could? Um, that that you could share that would be like top three things is it that that would be wonderful for you yeah
1: no absolutely and I'm I'm obviously not a therapist but what I've learned is that everyone has different triggers so I was getting panic attacks um I I wasn't able to sleep because I was so scared of not watching him on the monitor or you've got to think about what your triggers are so I then learned grounding techniques. That's what the therapist called it. And she said, um, obviously, circular breathing, writing things down in a journal. So the minute you write your feelings down, then you're able to put them out of your head onto paper and then counterbalance it with something positive. So mine would be, okay, it's one in the morning. I'm so tired, but I can't take my eyes off the monitor. I'm just, what if an intruder comes in the house and takes takes Zachary? All these, all these things I know now are from a traumatized brain because so your brain actually changes when you give birth. And if you experience trauma, the shape of a certain component in your brain, I think it's the amygdala changes. So you always will be a little bit more hypervigilant than others. And once I knew that, I was able to counterbalance and write down, this is just my traumatized brain speaking right now. I know it's okay. He's very safe in the house. All the doors are locked, the security cameras are on, and I would just kind of start working through this list every night. And then we worked on visualizing for me safety, because I've I don't I didn't feel safe. And we'd actually moved from we'd lived in a flat our whole lives, and we'd moved in August 2020 into a house. I'd never had an upstairs. I haven't lived with an upstairs in my house for like 10 years plus. So to suddenly have my son on a different floor to me at some part in the day was really triggered me. So one of the grounding techniques the therapist said was to visualize one place that always made you happy, like your safe space. And mine was actually the Royal Albert Hall. I know that sounds really strange, but it was the longest place I've ever worked. I worked there 10 years as a steward. And then in the box office, I knew it inside out. I knew all the people on stage door. And that was my safe space So I would... I would just visualise that I was doing a shift at the Royal Albert Hall. It was really strange. Everyone's got their strange place. For some, it might be the park or their mum and dad's house or you know something that brings them comfort. But for me, I've never shared that before. That that was it was the Royal Albert Hall. <laughs> I
0: I I love that. But that but you know we 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 do have places of safety and and you know to acknowledge that I, it is a beautiful thing. Yeah. But I, but even sharing and. For for women in postpartum, it is okay to not be okay, and to yes. go through your journey and ask for the help, and to journal and to write. And if you are, if you are not um, someone that have has the means to see a therapist, there are groups. I do I I do believe yes. that there are free groups uh, um, yeah. within the NHS. Um, I know things are opening up a lot more here. Um, so that that's wonderful for all the moms that are expecting, but then also the, the moms that are perhaps still struggling because they yeah. gave birth last two years, because I mean, it's bananas how we've been in and out of these lockdowns and, you know, thank God for science that we are where we are today. Yeah. And, um, I must say in, in your two year journey, um, with, with little Zachary and what you went through, you are now expecting baby number two. Eh, woo, getting the baby! Oh my gosh, <laughs> delicious! Yeah. I- I'm very broody. I'm very broody. <laughs> so um, I, I really hope um, I, I miscarried last year, I know. and um, I'm really hoping, fingers crossed, that because um, I'm I'm older than you, and um, I'm I'm very much a geriatric mom. Um, I'm forty. Isn't that
1: mad though? You don't yeah, it's like...
0: absolutely bananas. But you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm strong and healthy. So fingers crossed yes, that we are able to have a second child and join the, mm-hmm. you know, the gang's all here at, at fours. So, So, my busy mumsies, as you know from listening to the show, I wanted to make this podcast to support my other mama bears out there. Those of us who are juggling family life, work life, health, and everything else that we attempt to cram into our day. One of the biggest words that kept coming up for me when I thought of creating this podcast was empowerment which led me to reaching out to one brand in particular who could support my listeners. A brand which is the epitome of empowerment, in my opinion, Fabletics. I always feel amazing when I'm wearing their gorgeous items and I want you to have that same experience too. Look, like a lot of moms, I'm a leggings gal. I live and breathe in them. Even when I was expecting Adia, I just rocked out their pregnancy range. So thank you, Fabletics, for making me feel fab when I wasn't feeling my most fabulous. They offer loud, fun, vibrant colors, which matches my personality, loud and coffee-infused. They also offer streamlined staples that work well from workout to brunch. So here's what to do. Click the link in the show notes now and you, my busy mumsies, can grab two beautiful pairs of stunning leggings for just 24 pounds. Trust me when you see yourself in these leggings, your legs, your tushy are going to be like boom shakalaka. You're going to feel fab. Click the link in the show notes right now to get this exclusive offer. I love that Fabletics have come on board as our sponsor for this episode. So check out the link as supporting them also helps to support this show. So with that said, how are you feeling now in your body, in your being with baby number two on the way?
1: Yeah, well, this is just it. I think you're incredibly brave to talk about the miscarriage and to share it because it's so common. And I don't think people, like so many people have miscarriages. And I felt, I felt on edge, to be honest, when I got pregnant, thinking it's inevitable, it wasn't going to actually last you know, I don't think I shared the news till around 18 weeks or something this time. because I was a bit on edge, you know, like yourself, I have friends that have been through really hard times of fertility. um, And I do feel like it's a blessing. So first of all, I obviously feel so blessed to be having another child. And I will say for me, and um, personally, my husband, it happened much sooner than we had actually, you can't plan it. This is what I mean. It brings me back to
0: Going back to planning, Rhiannon. Planning. Do you you see how I've gone with this?
1: Yeah. I was like, well, we'll start trying in December. And that's when it will happen. But it happened in the summer that year instead of in December. And you know what? It's fine. Um, But it triggered everything with my trauma thinking about the birth. So I'm still going through therapy now. And actually, the NHS are amazing. They've offered a perinatal midwife so I have a special midwife that's trained to deal with traumatic births to help me hopefully have a more positive experience with baby number two so that's an area that I'm currently working through I'm 29 weeks now as we record and I'm sure it's just going to keep sinking in the more this baby moves I'm getting constant kicks proper little kicker Um, have to get these babies down to define one day um (laughs) See them all. Zachary does love his um dance moves actually. You would be very proud. Um Aww. but yeah, I think when you fall pregnant again, it's a huge mixture of emotions. It's this roller coaster, it's like, wow, this is the best news in the world. And then you're suddenly like, oh, hang on a minute, I'm gonna go through this again. But it's not gonna be in a pandemic. And I'm not going I had to have reassurance from the midwife, my husband can be there because my biggest fear is that I'll be alone again, having to wear a mask in the hospital. And just being completely isolated, so that's I, not going to happen. Not going to happen. No,
0: Absolutely. We we have we have gone through the worst of it, and to be perfectly honest and and Frank, you you went through the worst that you will ever go through.
1: Yes, I I agree. I think and that was I, it.
0: And you are you are sitting here chatting with me and. With a smile on your face and positivity and, but it's also, I, and I, I, I appreciate that you're able to acknowledge, yeah, it, it got really messy. It got messy and, and, and motherhood is messy, right? I mean, I'm sure <laughs> it's not the Instagrammable, always perfect. It is. So chaotic and I'm, I'm not going to because I'm quite embarrassed of what my house looks like that I could actually show you because we're, as we chat on this podcast, we're actually video recording this as well. I mean, it's just, you know, your house, just how is a tiny little human able to flip your home upside down?
1: Oh my goodness. The minute they walk and it's right, it's true what people say, because you're excited to hit these milestones of a baby, oh yeah. right? You're like, yeah, they can walk and now they're, I don't know, they're kicking a ball or they're jumping, dancing, but the minute they can do things, you just cannot take your eyes off them for a second. The other day I was getting something out of the fridge and normally Zachary helps me put the shopping away in the fridge, but he decided for that split second, instead he was gonna go to the bathroom with the cat and the toilet seat was not closed. I thank the hubby for that. And straight away he was in there with the, all I could hear was splashing and I went in and it was Zachary with the toilet brush and the cat and the cat together. Like oh, no, splashing. but you have a clean toilet. So
0: thank you, Billy. <laughs> At the end of the day, we're gonna have to thank Billy the hubby for leaving the toilet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but this is what I mean. It's the things. It you've got to laugh because it is hilarious. It was like something out of a comedy show. Watching Aurora, my cat, and my son just demolish all the toilet roll and the water in that split second. It just took a minute for the whole bathroom to be covered in chaos.
0: Yes. So, so with the beautiful utter chaos of a child, um, how on God's green earth are you? Well, you have you you have written a book, The Science of <laughs> Nutrition. That that's already out. I think we're on number two. Are, are we go? Are we working on another one as well? I just just where in your headspace, Rihanna Lambert, where? Where did all of this, do you have an army of a million people with Right Nutrition Clinic? I I just, firstly, let's go to the book, The Science of Nutrition. Let's start, when did you start writing this and how is it all going?
1: Yeah, I know. I know it sounds crazy. And I will just add that something that I learned about myself in therapy is that I hide in work sometimes, and I'm sure we all do it, and actually as a way of coping I throw myself into projects just as much as I'm going to be the best mum I could be for Zachary and I want to complete all my work projects. And that's a way of coping. So for some people, this might sound extremely unhealthy what I did Um, just putting, putting that out there. But I got approached with the book when Zachary was around six, five, six weeks old. And it's something that I'd always wanted to do. And I just couldn't turn, I just couldn't turn down the opportunity. It, something that's educational that's going to be around for years in schools and it's in libraries for people to access for free it really is an encyclopedia of nutrition however it took me months to write with no childcare care in lockdown for the first 10 months that was that was hard and I think that's why part of me became such a rigid nap sleep routine person because I could guarantee every afternoon Zachary would do two hours sleep by the time he was six months old He'd have half an hour in the afternoon, half an hour. I can't remember what it was right now. But, you know, you have like three naps a day, two naps a day. But I had to work in his nap times and work between the night shifts of when he was asleep sometimes and take it in turns with my husband. So it felt like such a bitty project because you can't just sit and get your teeth stuck into it because you've only got an hour here and then you're off. And then, you know, your your mum life and you're back to it. But I, I don't have a huge team or anything. It's very small, the nutrition business, but I'm very proud of it. You know, The clinic actually doubled in size over lockdown, which was incredible, but at the same time, tragically sad because we just had influxes of eating disorder clients coming through, people that were struggling with their relationship with food. So I wanted to be present and do my bit in the pandemic, which was just to support people with a healthier relationship with food in any way that I could so we moved the clinic from being in Harley Street to online and actually it's worked way better for everybody I have to say because they your
0: outreach is just gonna triple
1: yeah and you're not paying the same overhead so I didn't have the monthly rent of a, a business space so again there's always business decisions because I lost all of my brand work for the Retrition platform that I do on social media within the space of a week in the pandemic, because everyone's marketing budgets had gone. No one really knew what was going to happen. Projects I was working on with Deliveroo and big companies, um, big supermarkets just couldn't continue because we just didn't know what was going to happen. So the book was taking shape alongside all of this. And it was at this time as well, I thought I was looking for actually supplementation and things that I could do to support my clients. And I just couldn't find anything I was satisfied with. So I I decided in that moment, again, the time is now. I'm just going to set up my own supplements company. Don't ask me how. It's taken me two years to get to the point where, I mean, I think by the time this podcast is out, it's out because it releases in a few days. So I'm launching Retrition Plus, which... That is okay. We've Which been
0: trying it? to figure out with the Instagram. I was like, "Is it is it baby food?" Like, I, I, I like, there's like a there's a there's a blanket and then yarn. Like, I I Ricky and I have been chatting about it, over the, <laughs> a few nights trying to figure out what it is. Okay, so it is a supplement line.
1: It is, but it's very small because I in order to, this is all my own savings and things I had and have built back from the pandemic. So I'm starting just with three in the range, the vitamin D spray, a folic acid spray, because I know women struggle in pregnancy to take pills to do anything. So I wanted it to be in a spray and there's nothing like it on the market at the moment. A vegan multi, they're cruelty-free. They're the highest quality. So we source everything in the UK and we make it here. So the algae that I produce for the D3 is from British algae in the sea, all these sorts of things. But anyway, that's a whole, so yeah, I've thrown myself into work and motherhood because I think part of me was like, how the hell is my business livelihood that I'm going to pay for my child going to survive if I don't work my ass off right now? Because this pandemic has thrown everything.
0: Everything. Yeah.
1: As you know, owning a dance studio and a fitness studio, i mean you you have to suddenly think Sadly,
0: we are we're in the process of
1: yeah, see there's the
0: overhead and the um well, the landlord has not been helpful at all no. No. And, um we we have we actually haven't opened the the bricks and mortar doors since um I want to say it was October of last year because the the lockdown again was like you could have you could open, but it cut capacity and this, that, and the other. And you're just like, I can't function with six people in one space when nice. I have 73 classes a week. And yep, And my rent is high street price. I'm sorry. Like you're giving me no help and we can't. So we're actually, and I, I get that shifting to, we've been on demand, we've been on virtual and, um, yeah, it's, it's shifting to make it work to keep your sanity, but also to keep the love of what you do. And you've now been able to keep the love of what you do with your nutrition clinic, with writing the books, with now supplements. Oh my gosh! Yeah.
1: Well, I, I really feel for you because I. It's thankfully the clinic wasn't dependent on footfall and people coming in person we were able to do a very easy transition online but that's not simple for like business structures like yourself and to get clients used to a complete new way of first of all people are adjusting to working from home being around their loved ones all the time their relationship with food at home and exercise completely changes because that structure of you know i've noticed i i'm just so unfit because i don't walk to the tube anymore every day or i don't i don't have the commute I don't do those things, and I really I have so much respect for you, Asha. I know how it's well; I can't even imagine how stressful it's been. So, for anybody listening, the reason I said this is quite an unhealthy thing that I've done is because I haven't given myself a break. I haven't had a mental bit of headspace, but I I feel blessed to be able to work for something that I know I can hopefully achieve. Because what what choice do you have? You sink or you swim, and I I chose to throw myself into trying to keep the business afloat and the livelihood that I've worked so hard to create because you know it's it was hard times for everybody I think
0: right and I think I I feel like though you are level-headed to give yourself grace you're level-headed enough to give yourself grace at times you have a support network and I do hope and I think that you are. I and I'm I'm my thing you, you do take a little bit of time for yourself.
1: Oh God, yeah, now I'm so yeah. much better now. You so know, I've got um childcare now, two and a half days a week. And that in fact when that started, Zachary was eleven months and that was life changing. Two and a half days a week having someone even oh, and cook.
0: Yep. I'm with you. We we, we have um we have yeah. raw rob our famous rah-rah. We have her three times a week yeah. on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And let me tell you, as soon as she comes in the door, I give her a hug. I say, you're awesome. And I either leave or I go into what I call my studio too. And um, I go in there and I teach and I'm yeah. in there all day. And I do work and work and work and yeah. work because I know that on those, off, those other days, it is full-time. It is and a write-off. And, and you are literally going. Okay, she's going to go down for a nap at two. So at two o'clock, I either have my New York clients, or I am going to start writing, do admin, do this, do that. It's like it. it and I, I for one, I'm going to go back to the beginning. I was never scheduled. Mm-hmm. I just kind of like and <laughs> <laughs> turn into this scheduled person. You're like, who am I?
1: But you can't survive without it. That's the crazy yeah. thing. Now you're a mum. It's finding that
0: balance, that yeah. incredible balance. That I, I will—I'll tell you what, Rhiannon. You—you you have, by by the looks of Instagram and the three Instagram accounts you have now, you are—you are balancing. It's inspiring. And I love that you're able to also acknowledge that you've had your 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 ups and downs and your all-arounds because you're human just like everyone else that's listening, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. And I didn't get the balance all right. You know, like my social life has taken a huge hit. I, I feel like sometimes, thankfully, my friends and family are so understanding, but I had to choose motherhood and work because like you said, on those days where you have childcare, you work, 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 work. And on the days you don't have childcare, you can't. So I'm not perfect, but it is possible to achieve. But I think something does take a little bit of a backseat. And I'm really excited now with this next baby to have a bit more social life.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's always a, a, a nice place to live in the, the unperfect of perfect. Yes. It, it adds a lot of color. It adds a lot of that. um, Thank thank God they're washable, right? Thank God those crayons are washable. (laughs) It it is nice to live in those washable crayon colors. Um, I have to ask before we say our goodbyes, um, I would love your advice, as you are an expecting busy mum, another, you know, expecting, um, for our busy mumsies out there that are expecting, the soon to be, I would love your motherly advice.
1: Oh, um, in terms of the pregnancy or when baby comes or just general, okay, whatever pops into my head.
0: Whatever. And, and you know what? You, well, well, firstly, you you can't give the advice of don't Google it because that's my go-to. And it perhaps could be something that your mom, your mother-in-law, someone, a dear friend, someone that gave to you that was like words of wisdom that really has stuck with you through your motherhood journey.
1: I think for me, it's the amount of unconditional love that you get back. And I can't because in the early the early days, you can feel like you don't get much back from your babies just to prepare any new mum. It's a very strange feeling because you love them to the moon and back. But, you know, it takes a while for the first smile. It takes a while for the first um, laugh and all these these types of things. But the best advice I was given was not to overthink milestones and not to overthink everything because every child gets there in their own time eventually. And it's so much easier to just not compare. We all do it. Like you said, you will all turn to Google. You will all compare your child to others. You know, Zachary's not speaking and he's nearly two, but that's, that's okay. He will get there when he's ready. And I think it's, it's just remembering at the end of the day, that there's a love and a bond there that you will have for the rest of your entire life. That that's, you, you can't even describe it. I can't even describe the love, like how you feel for Adia and how I feel for Zachary and, and this baby. It's it's just this insane thing.
0: No, it, it absolutely is. And it makes those those days that are really flipped upside down that yeah. you were like, oh my gosh, please go to bed at seven, please. You're just like clawing at the bits to get through it, right? It yeah it, in this strange, weird way, you're like, I'm I'm okay I, I'm ready for yeah. tomorrow. And I'm
1: ready to Do drive. you know? I should have said. And the best tip I was given was: no matter what, have a shower every morning if you can, if you're able to. Because if you get up in the morning, no matter how sleep deprived you are or knackered you are, the minute you have a shower, for some reason, and you get outside, everything is ten times better. Fresh air, shower. That was like a lifeline that's, that's for me great, in lockdown. That's
0: a great tip. i my, yeah. mine have slowly been pushing earlier and earlier, which is which is great because I, I could that the first at the very beginning I could not. No, it was like four or five o'clock.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's loving hard. It's really hard. And then, yeah, some some days, yeah, I've probably gone two days about having showers and stuff. And that's like it's okay to say that as a mum. Sometimes yeah, life yeah. happens.
0: No, but if you're able, possible. yeah. Well, I, I I honestly could could talk to you for about seven more hours of all of this stuff, and um, I know we only scratched the surface on all the things that you are doing. So I look forward to watching and um, and I am cheering you on always. And hopefully I'll be a neighbor of yours soon. We're working on it. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. But um sending you loads of love. Thank you so much for being on the Busy Mumsy podcast. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Busy Mumsy Podcast. If you have enjoyed this week's show, then please, please give it some extra love wherever you download your podcast and give it a five-star rating, a high five, a kickball change, a yes, yes, go Busy Mumsies. And don't forget, you can find out more information about this week's guest, what we discussed, and everything else related to the world of Busy Mumsy by clicking the link in the show notes down below. Before we sign off, I've got to say one final mass Thank you to the sponsor of this episode, Fabletics. I genuinely love this brand. If you follow me on social media, you have most likely seen me in their items in almost every photo and definitely every Define London video. I live in their leggings. I freaking love the collaborations they have with celebrities like Vanessa Hudgens, Maddie Zeigler, Anika Hart. Wait, hold on. Anika Hart, she's got gorgeous kids and I'm sure a few busy mumsy tales to say. So we got to get her on the Busy Mumsy podcast. Well, anyways... Click the link in the show notes right now, as my busy mumsies get an exclusive offer: two beautiful pair of stunning leggings for just twenty-four pounds. So go on with your bad self. Click that link in the show notes right now before you head off into your busy mumsy day.